0: It's nice to see so many faces here this morning compared to last week. Praise God. It's good to see you face to face, not just through the screen. Amen? Amen. And to worship together. As we turn to the Word, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank You for Your precious Word As we approach your word this morning, we approach your holy word with reverence, with faith. We decree and declare that we will to believe, we will to stand on your word, and we will to fight for what belongs to us through your exceeding great and precious promises. We also give thanks to you for the presence of your Spirit within us, all around us, for your angelic protection, 24-7, guarding our lives, protecting us and our families. We give you thanks. We praise and thank you for the anointing of your Spirit that enable us to hear and understand that which we hear. We pray and ask for seeing eyes, hearing ears, and an understanding heart. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I would like to also acknowledge and greet those who are watching us via the GoToMeeting platform. Good morning to you as well. As most of you know, this morning I will continue on the same theme that i was ministering on last sunday and that is the fight of faith the fight of faith and today is part 2 can we have the foundational scriptures on the board please first timothy chapter 6 verse 12 and second timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 so this morning is part two. If you haven't heard part one, I encourage you, it's on the SoundCloud, that you download it and listen to it. Let's read together 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Paul, writing to his spiritual son Timothy, he says to him the following, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then in his second epistle, he writes once again to his spiritual son after he had fought the good fight and he was ready to depart and be with the Lord, he says to him the following I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. It's wonderful to have a testimony such as that, that prior to your departure from this earth, you have the testimony that you have fought the good fight of faith, you have finished your race, and you have kept the faith. Amen? Wouldn't you like to have a testimony like that? As someone said, it is not how you start the race that counts, it's how you finish it. And we need to endure until the end, holding on to our faith and fighting the good fight of faith until we finish our race, until we complete our destiny and are ready to go on with the Lord. Beloved of the Lord, as I have mentioned last Sunday, we need to realize that as soldiers of the Lord, we are engaged in a fight. A fight for life and for the things that God has promised you and I. Every single day of our lives, 24-7, we have to deal with the flesh that wants to do its own thing. We have to deal with the spirit of this age, as well as the devil himself and his cohorts. So it's a fight. And it is for this reason that we need to realize and take seriously our calling that as soldiers of the Lord, we need to endure hardship. As the Apostle Paul wrote once again to Timothy, saying, You, therefore, must endure hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You and I, whether you realize it or not, we are engaged in a fight, a spiritual fight. It is not a fight against flesh and blood. It is against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. The fight is not against your spouse, your husband, your wife, your government, your neighbor, your pastor. We need to realize who our enemy is and embrace and receive the weapons that God has given us, which are not carnal, Paul says, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds. Amen? And that's when we engage with the spirit of faith. And as I've mentioned last week, one of the most important things to know in this fight of faith, it is to keep it in its proper place, in its domain. And that is the realm of faith, the unseen realm of faith. As long as we keep this faith, this fight in the realm of faith, we will always have the upper hand. Amen? The devil will remain defeated as long as we keep the fight where it's supposed to be. If he succeeds in bringing this fight into the natural, physical realm, he will always have the upper hand. Why do I say that? Because the natural realm, the physical realm, is his domain. That is why he is called the God of this world. What does that mean? That means he has the ability to manipulate the natural realm. He is the God of this world. Jesus said so. He has an ability to manipulate, to change circumstances, situations to open doors, to close doors in the natural. That is why we have to keep the fight on a higher level, and that is the realm of faith. He will always try to point you to the natural circumstances. Amen? He will point you to your physical senses. Look and see how you feel. How do you feel? Amen? Look at the situation, how it looks. It looks worse since the time you prayed. You believe in God, but instead of getting better, it's getting worse. Look. Look and see. Touch and feel. Amen? He will point you to the natural circumstances, to your physical senses, and highlight how you feel and what you see, and will constantly bombard you in your mind with natural evidence telling you it is not so. God didn't heal you. Check and see how you feel. Can hardly put one foot in front of the other. And most of the time, believers believe him. Hello? We give in to his temptation. We give in to natural circumstances. We get discouraged. We give in to our feelings and make our feelings as though they were our God. Hello? Amen? He will elevate to such an extent your physical senses above the Word of God, suggesting to you that God lied to you. These promises don't belong to you. You're such a horrible sinner. Look what you've done yesterday. You got angry, you shouted at your wife, you shouted at your husband, you lied. You think God is going to bless you? No way. Does that sound familiar? That's why you have so many believers so often say, Oh, I'm just so unworthy. Oh, I'm just not good enough. I'm trying my best, Pastor, but I'm just not good enough. It has nothing to do with you whether you're good enough or not. Jesus paid for all the blessings that he has bestowed upon the believer. He paid the price so that you may enjoy the benefit. Amen? He did it all. And it doesn't depend on your behavior or being good enough. We receive the blessing by faith and not by being good enough. Amen? You check the heroes of the Old Testament. Abraham lied several times. You remember that? David committed adultery and he murdered Hello? Yet he was called a friend of God, a man after God's own heart. There is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus, and we need to understand that. That's why the Word of God says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I was unworthy, but he made me worthy through his blood. I was a rotten sinner going to hell, but he made me the righteousness of God. He took my unworthiness and he gave me his righteousness. What a wonderful father we have. Amen. So when we are engaged in the fight of faith, paying attention to the natural circumstances that that the natural realm tells us, and believing what it testifies will not change your situation, but it will rather make it worse. It will reinforce it. Let me say that again. Paying attention to what the natural realm tells you and believing what it testifies to you will not change the situation but will make it worse it will reinforce it because you believing what you see with the natural eye rather than believing what the promise of God has promised you amen another important principle to remember as we engage the enemy in this fight of faith is to guard our minds In the New Covenant, you will read often, be of sober mind. Guard your mind, the Bible says. Protect your thought life. Amen? Amen. So we guard our minds. Amen? And resist any and all kinds of thoughts that the enemy throws into your mind, contradicting the Word of God. That's why the Word says we cast down imaginations. What is an imagination? It's a thought. And every high thing. What is a high thing? A high thing is something that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God, above the Word of God, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a thought. Amen? Whether it's a natural circumstance. What do we do? We cast those thoughts down. We take them captive and make them obedient to the Word of God. That is the fight we engaged in. Amen. You see, our minds are the battlefields. You win and lose here. That's the battleground. Amen. That's where the fight is won or lost. And the Bible encourages us when we are going through this adverse circumstances... This contradictory evidence that we are to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. What does that mean, looking unto Jesus? What does that mean? It means that we focus on the Word of God, on the promises of God. We keep looking at the promise. We keep declaring the promise. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I see, I keep declaring the word of the Lord. That is the sword of the Spirit. Amen? I keep saying what God says. I keep declaring the promise of God over my life, over my body, over my wife, over my family. That's what I focus on. I look unto Jesus. I focus my attention on the promise of God. Amen? Amen? And the Bible says, we consider Him. Who's Him? The Word of the Lord, Jesus Himself, so that we don't become weary and faint in our minds. Amen? And that's what Abraham did, if you recall, in Romans chapter 4, verse 18 in his fight of faith, in order to receive the promise of the son that the Lord gave him. He said, I'm going to give you a son. He will be your inheritance. And that was Isaac. The Bible says that Abraham considered not his own body. He didn't pay attention to his body, nor yet the deadness of his wife's womb. What did he consider? What did he focus on? Every single day his body was telling him, you cannot do this. No one has had a child at 100 years old. Are you crazy? He looked at his wife every single day and his wife's womb spoke to him. Old, dead, no way. But the Bible says he did not consider his own body, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't pay attention to his feelings, to what his body tells him. And you know your body will speak to you every single day. Stay in bed today. You're not feeling too good. (laughs) Oh, what's wrong? Oh. my bones are aching. My throat is sore. My nose is running. Amen? Your body will talk to you. You need to talk to it back. That's why Paul says, but I keep under my body. I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself would be a castaway. Abraham focused on the promise of God. Scripture says in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. What does it mean to be strong in faith? Giving glory to God. Can you say that? Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what he did, giving glory to God and being fully convinced That what God promised, He was also able to perform. You see, the fight of faith needs to be fought in those areas, listen carefully, in which the natural evidence or circumstances oppose and contradict the Word of God. That's where we need to focus and fight our faith the very circumstances that are contradicting the promise of God, the will of God, that's where we need to enter that realm of faith and change what is seen and bring what is unseen into this natural, physical world. Amen? These are the areas in which we are not experiencing what God promised us. Amen? God promised us a whole lot of things, folks. He promised us divine protection, divine provision in abundance. He promised us divine health and healing. Amen? He promised and He said, you'll be blessed when you go out, blessed coming in. Praise the Lord. You will be above only and not beneath, the head and not the tail. All of these promises are given to us because we are in Christ. Amen? So we need to identify those areas where we are not experiencing the promises of God. They're not manifested in our lives. We don't have the evidence of those promises and learn how to apply faith and change what is seen to comply with the will of God. Amen? Now, the Bible says that God equipped us to be agents of change in this natural world, bringing the will of God and the kingdom of God into this natural, physical world. Do you agree with that statement? Jesus taught us to pray this way, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Is there any worrying and stress and cares in heaven? Amen? Hello? Is there? So we've got to bring what is there down here. And we are the ones, the church has been assigned to extend and establish the kingdom of God wherever we are within our sphere of influence. In your family, you start with your family and then you move out. Hello? Praise God. And the way we do this is by learning how to apply our God-given faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We do that through faith. Praise God. So, the spirit of faith works always in the unseen realm and deals with things that cannot be seen with the natural, physical senses. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, faith will give substance to your hopes. And it is also the evidence of things not seen. We don't need to exercise faith for the things which we see, amen, which we already have, but we need to exercise faith for the things which we do not yet see and we do not yet have in the natural. Let's look at a verse of Scripture that enables us and teaches us how to apply our faith to what is contradicting the Word of God, and change it to comply and align itself with the Word of God. The Scripture we will look at is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Very important Scripture when you're fighting the fight of faith. In this verse of Scripture, the Word highlights the power and the principle of clear vision. That is seeing the invisible through the eyes of faith. You close your natural eyes. You know that you have two sets of eyes. Amen. And two sets of ears. Because you're not just a physical being. You are a spirit being. Amen. So your spirit has eyes. And your spirit has ears. That's why Jesus said, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You can't hear the Spirit with the physical ears. You hear the Spirit with your spiritual ears. Amen. <laughs> so, let's read that verse together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Anything that you see or feel is subject to change, including your feelings. Amen? But the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. Let me read that very important verse. You need to memorize it and practice it. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let me ask you a question. What are you looking at in regards to the situation you are exercising your faith? Say you're exercising your faith for divine healing. You're exercising your faith for divine provision or divine protection or something that you are struggling with. A habitual sin uh, that you, you, you keep going back to it. You keep going back to it. So what are you looking at? Are you looking at the natural realm? What it feels like? What it looks like? Are you looking at the way things are and keep talking about it? That's one of the mistakes that we make as believers when we're fighting the fight of faith. We keep talking about things that are. Amen? We keep talking about our pains and our sicknesses and our feelings, how I feel, what I see. And we, the more we talk about it, the more we reinforce what is are you are you with me the more we talk about the mountain the bigger it becomes jesus said don't talk about the mountain speak to the mountain to be removed tell it what you want to see we need to be speaking our desires not our feelings are you with me so walking by faith means that you look at the things the way God sees them. If we desire to win the fight of faith, we must view our situation the way God sees it. Well, how do we do that? The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by feelings. Amen? We must see ourselves with what God promised us. Can you you close your eyes and see yourself with the promises of God? See yourself whole and healed. See yourself strengthened, empowered with the Spirit. See yourself prosperous. See yourself walking in divine protection with the angels of the Lord surrounding you. Exercise that. That's why God gave us an imagination, folks. And our imagination is sanctified by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Before you experience in the natural what God promised you, you must see it in the Spirit first. Before you go somewhere in the natural, you have to go first in the spirit there. Hello. Years ago, I would see myself preaching all over the world, and I haven't even traveled outside of Zimbabwe. But I saw myself. I went there with my spirit according to the promises of God. You know what happened years later? I traveled to all those places that I saw myself. I would close my eyes and I would see me preaching the gospel on TV in Greece. And that happened a couple of years before actually it materialized. But it happened. The power of vision. So, the things we keep seeing are the things we will eventually possess. And you need to practice that in the fight of faith. What are you seeing when your your children are concerned? Hmm? See them healthy, prosperous, blessed, empowered, strengthened, married, with wonderful, believing spouses. I saw all three of my children that way before they ever got married. I didn't know where those spouses were going to come from because there was no one around at that time. But you know what? My faith brought them. (laughs) And parents, you know that you're responsible to believe God for your children. Marriage is important, is one of the most important decisions they will ever make in life. The wrong partner would break them and wreck their lives. The right partner, the right spouse, would bless them. Amen? Amen. Shout hallelujah if you believe that. Praise God. We must see ourselves with what God promised us before we actually experience it or possess it. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15 teaches us of this very principle. Let's read together. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had departed or separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Notice what the Lord said to Abraham. All the land which you see. I'm not going to give you what you don't see. I'm going to give you what you see Because what you see is very important. What you see in the spirit is very important. Far more important than what you see in the natural. Because your spirit can see far more in advance. Your spirit can see your future in advance. Your spirit can see further than any natural eye can see. And what you see, God promises you, I give it to you. I give it to you. It is yours. If you can see it, you can have it. What a powerful principle. Amen? So God can only give us what we are able to see and what we keep our focus on. In the fight of faith, we need to learn how to see the invisible with the eyes of faith. Amen? I dare say that most believers are only able to see what is in the natural realm and believe what is in the natural realm. Unable to see what is spiritual and and invisible, we need to have The eyesalve, as the book of Revelation says, anoint our eyes, Lord, with eyesalve that we may see. As Elijah or Elisha prayed for his servant, Lord, open the eyes of this young man that he may see. And when the young man's eyes were opened, he saw horses and chariots and angels and an army of the invisible surrounding the mountains. They didn't just appear when he saw them. They were already there. You know, every time, wherever you go, the angel of the Lord encamps about you. you never see, I never saw him, but I've, there were times that I sensed his presence, especially when I was in danger. While driving or facing some situation. That's why I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to go wherever God says go. Because if He sends me there, He will send my bodyguards with me. I don't need physical bodyguards. I don't understand these high-profile ministers, they need bodyguards uh, to, to walk with them and surround them. What's wrong with the, the angels of the Lord? Can't they do their job? Jesus never had bodyguards. And he was thronged by the multitudes. Amen. (laughs) The only way we can see things which are not seen is through the Word of God. Amen. As we continue to look at the Word of God, the promises of God, and call those things which do not exist as though they did, we change what is seen to what it should be. Amen? The Bible says that Abraham called those things which be not as though they were. He didn't call things as they are. He called them, he called what is not into existence. You know how he did that? He said, From now on, my name will no longer be Abraham, but my name will be Abraham. Abraham means a father of many. He didn't even have one. But he called himself a father of many. Every time he shook hands with someone, he said, I'm the father of many. Where are they? It's crazy. That's why people of faith are weird. They call things which be not as though they were. I'm healed. Oh, but my body is aching. (laughs) Amen? Amen? We call what we want to see. Not what is already there. What is not there. So that it can come from the unseen realm into the seen. You haven't got healing. Call it from there into here. You haven't got provision, call it from there into the physical realm. You, you get my point. Am I lying when I call things which be not as though they were? Well, some people, they will, they will tell you you're lying. But I'm not lying if I'm saying what God's Word says. And I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by faith, not by feeling. We all should walk by faith, not by sight. It's easier to preach it, I know, than practice it. Proverbs 4:21 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not, listen to this, Do not let them depart from your eyes. What? My sayings, my word. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Not letting the word of God depart from your eyes means... That you see what the word promises you. That's what it means. You keep it. You don't have to keep the Bible in front of your eyes and walk around. Of course, you're going to hit something, you're going to stumble and fall and hurt yourself. See with your spiritual eyes what the word of God says. Don't let that word depart from your spiritual sight. You with me? Any time you see something else or something different from what God promised you, it means that you have allowed the word of God depart from your sight. Look with intention. See what the word promises about you about your specific situation, and keep that picture or that image, if I can put it that way, constantly before your eyes, your spiritual eyes, your spiritual sight. That's why vision is so important, folks. Where there is no vision, the people, what? They perish. They are destroyed. They can't see beyond the natural. It seems like they are locked into this natural realm like a bird that is trapped. Tries to fly, (laughs) but every time the trap closes in. But Jesus has removed the limitations from us. He opened up a whole new realm in the Spirit. And we can go to places where we could never go before. We could say things and declare things that we could never declare before. We have been set free as a bird let out of its cage to soar on the heights of God's promises. As Isaiah says, to ride on the high places of the earth and to enjoy the blessings and the goodness of God every single day. Amen. I see myself blessed. Why? Because Ephesians 1.3 says, God blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Not going to. He already has. Did you know that you are the blessed of the Lord? You are the favored of the Lord. You are the beloved of the Lord. But it's time we rise up and declare that boldly, without hesitancy, without doubt. I am blessed. Ephesians 1.3 tells me that. I may not look blessed, but I don't walk by. You don't walk by looks, but by faith. I am because God says I am. I see myself healed. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. You're the healed, and the devil is trying to put sickness on you. Because 1 Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes ye were. If I were, then I am. Dare you believe that, despite contradictory circumstances? Dare you stand up and declare, I am what God says I am. That's faith, folks. I cannot put it any simpler than that. Amen. I don't talk about my sickness or my pains or my problems. Don't ever talk about your problems. Talk about the solutions. Now, it's different when you go to your pastor or someone who is wise to receive counsel. You go to share your heart, you go to explain where you are, how you feel, and all of those things that He may advise you what to do. But what I'm talking about is that every time you talk about your pains, every time you talk about your problem, every time you talk about the things that you struggle with, you're reinforcing what is and you're not changing it. Amen? Praise God. I speak and say what God says. I continue to declare the word of the Lord, how I, regardless of how I feel or what I look like. I speak about the goodness and the faithfulness of my God. Psalm 107, very important verse of Scripture, verse 1 and 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? How many of you are the redeemed of the Lord? And what does the scripture say for you to do? Say so. Say so. Why? Because words have power. This is how we communicate and exercise our faith. By speaking the word of God. Believing with our heart. Declaring with our mouth. I am the redeemed of the Lord and I say so. Redeemed from sickness. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Praise God. Why do I say that? Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14, another powerful verse of Scripture to stand upon and exercise our faith. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. All that the Spirit promised us is received only by faith. No other way. It is the designated channel of receiving from God. And without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. God is pleased when you walk by faith. God is pleased when you speak by faith. God is pleased when you act in faith. Amen. Because I'm in Christ, I am redeemed. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. In practicing what 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, I'm not looking at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. By doing that, I'm changing what I feel, what I see, to what the Word of God says they're supposed to be. And this is what the Scripture calls prophetic vision or prophetic revelation. And without it, the Bible says the people perish. Let me say something else here. The image we have of ourselves or the way we see ourselves is the image which we will produce and give birth to in the natural. This is so important. What you believe on the inside sooner or later will come on the outside. It's like the negatives... When we go to take photos, you remember the negative, and we put it in the water and they develop it. What comes first? The negative. What you carry on the inside, you will reproduce on the outside. That's the image that you have inside of you, how you see yourself. You see, this image is invisible to the natural eye, but it produces natural tangible results. Let me give you an example. If the image you have of yourself is one of a victim, you will always produce experiences of victimization. Always. You can't run away from it because it's on the inside of you. Are you listening to me? victimization will come and find you wherever you are. You can immigrate into another country. You're going to take that with you. You can move from one neighborhood to the other. You will reproduce there what you have on the inside. You take a homeless person and you give him a palace. You come back after six months and you will see what you're going to find because the image on the inside has not been changed. That's why we create our own visible world, by what we carry on the inside. And these negative images on the inside, they have been put there since the day we have been born, even before, while we were in our mother's tummy by our school teachers, by the bullying. The devil has bullied us all of our lives, told us lies, told us that we are no good, will never amount to anything. All those words, they produced an image on the inside that is an image of failure, an image of sin conscious, an image of of sickness and disease, an image of poverty seeing ourselves poor, seeing ourselves victims, seeing ourselves downtrodden. Unless and until this image on the inside is torn and replaced with a healthy image of God, of what God has spoken over your life, you will continue to reproduce failure after failure, defeat after defeat, and circumstance after circumstance that is contrary to the will of God for your life. This is such an important principle that not many of us realize. And so often we believe God on the outside. We confess the promises of God with our mouths. But inside, the image hasn't changed. There is a dichotomy, what we have on the inside and what we declare on the outside. We always attract to ourselves what we carry on the inside of us. And I watched young ladies. They keep falling into the same pattern when it comes to marriage. They marry one. They divorce. And you know what? They attract another one just like the one before. Why? Because on the inside, they don't believe they're worthy. They don't believe... They deserve someone better. You listen to me, young ladies and young men. Develop the image of God on the inside of you by diving into the Word of God and staying there until every false and negative image has been torn down and replaced by the image that God has of you. Listen to me. You'll save your life, your future, your destiny. Hallelujah. Satan, as I mentioned, has bullied us all of our lives. He belittled us. He called us horrible names and we believed him. And the moment you believed what those words have spoken by the enemy or by neighbors or by your teacher or even by your parents, that image was formed inside of you. You have to get rid of it. And that's what I'm telling you. That's why so many people struggle with their identity. They don't know who they are. They are so insecure. Why? Because of the false images and identities we carry on the inside of us. He told us we don't really matter. God doesn't really care about you. He told us that we are failures, insignificant, rejected. We are all alone. Nobody's going to help you. And we believed Him poison. Amen? Listen to what God told Jeremiah. He said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 9 and 10, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth See, I have set you this day over the nations, over the kingdoms. Listen to what the word of God will do in your mouth. Root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, and then build and plant. What a powerful verse. God has touched your mouth, folks, and has put his word in your mouth. And he said, if you speak my word in faith... You will do these things. You will root out that image, the negative image. You will pull down, you will destroy, you will throw down everything that the enemy has managed to plant into your life since the day you were born. My word will root it out, we'll pull it down, we'll destroy it, we'll throw it down. And not only that, it's going to plant a healthy image on the inside of you, the image that I have of you, beloved of the Lord, sanctified in Christ, strengthened, empowered by the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of God, prosperous, healthy, and highly favored. I expect favor wherever I go because I'm highly favored. Thank you, Jesus. So use that weapon that God has given you and I. Let's tear down every negative image, every negative, every false identity, every lying vanity and plant within your spirit, man, within your soul. That's why I believe the Word of God can heal you of any disease, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional. What drugs and psychiatrists and psychologists cannot do, the Word of God can do, and much more than that. I don't believe we need anything else than the Word of God and the Spirit of God to be whole and healthy and strengthened. I don't believe. And I'm not judging or condemning those that go to psychiatrists, those that take sleeping pills to sleep and to calm down. I don't condemn them, but I want to help them. James says, listen to what James says. James 1.21 So get rid of all uncleanness and all that remains of wickedness, and with a humble spirit receive the word of God which is implanted, rooted in your heart, which is able to save your souls. It doesn't say save your spirits. Your spirit is healed and whole in Christ. But the soul is where most of the problems are. Emotional, mental. But the word is the healer. Receive that implanted word. Keep hearing it. Keep seeing it. Keep practicing it. And as it drops deep down into your soul, your spirit, your mind, it brings healing and health to all of our flesh and all of our mental and emotional faculties. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. I am, Jesus said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Our vision of who we really are in Christ is restored, and we are able to see ourselves the way God sees us and call ourselves the names that God has called us. And Jesus reinforced this principle in closing. In Matthew 6, 22 and 23, listen to what the Lord said. The lamp of the body is the eye. What are we talking about? Vision, image. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness. Jesus, in these verses, revealed to us an important principle, and it is this. The state of your eyes will determine what enters your whole life. Either truth and light, or lies and darkness. That means how you see things how you see yourself as well as others will determine your response towards them. And your response will either attract the blessing or the curse. And your spiritual eyes. What you see, what you focus on, will enter your whole body. If you focus on the darkness, if you focus on the negative, if you focus on the newscast, you keep seeing that, you keep hearing that, guess what's going to happen to you? You may not realize it. Fear will enter your heart. And you see things. Everything you look, it's dark. It's gloomy. There's no hope. There's no future. Hello? Hello? Listen to what Jesus said. Keep your eyes focused on God, His Word, His promises. Keep hearing what God says. Dare we see ourselves the way God sees us. And dare we call ourselves by what the Word of God calls us. Who we are, what we have in Christ and what we can do through Christ. Let's stand and pray as we close this message. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you restore our sight, that we may see ourselves as you see us in Christ. Help us to see others as you see them, And teach us from day to day to fight the good fight of faith by looking at the unseen and the invisible realities of our blessedness in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Take these messages, last Sundays, this Sundays, and listen to them over and over and over and over again, and again, and again, until you can preach it yourself. Amen? Amen? Practice what you hear. Not only not the hearer of the word will be blessed, but he that does the word. Let us come together and walk by faith in this nation, changing our circumstances, changing our sphere of influence, bringing the light of God and the blessing of God wherever we go. Amen? That's how we extend God's kingdom. And that's how people come to Christ, when they see evidence of His deliverance, of His healing, of His protection, of His blessing upon our lives. We become the, the what you call the... Uh, When shops want to sell the most expensive clothes and beautiful, they put them on the window. Huh? We become the display of God's goodness. And the New Testament says we adorn the gospel. We make it attractive, folks. Amen? That's how we attract sinners to the Lord, by looking at our lives and they seeing the blessing of God and the evidence of His goodness And they come because they're looking for what we have. Let's show them. Amen. Bless you. Have a blessed Sunday, a blessed week, walking in the favor of God. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.